a lot of employers really struggle with the ability to get the data that they need to implement a platform. And, you know, there, people would make the assumption that these big employers have these state-of-the-art platforms in, in place already. A, a lot of them don't. A lot of them are using very outdated, antiquated platforms. But getting data out of them is quite difficult. Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. Hello and welcome back to the Leaders of B2B podcast. I'm Noah Tetzner and I'm so excited because today we're going to be chatting with someone who specializes in an industry that is at the forefront of everyone's minds these days, at least in Q1 of 2022, and that is HR. Today, I'm joined by the CEO and co-founder of Epion, a cloud-based HR platform allowing businesses to become more flexible, get more out of their employee benefits, and understand their teams. They work passionately to improve the ROI of employee benefits, business insurance, and more. David Kindland, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Noah. Delighted to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, sir. There's so much I want to dive into today, and I can't think of a better time to have, you know, a subject matter expert such as yourself on the show to speak to some of, you know, everything we're experiencing, certainly in the United States, and I know in Europe and globally as well, what they're calling the great resignation. But before we get into some of those topics and, you know, your business and how you help people, tell us if you would about you know, your own professional background. How did you come to HR? Did that journey start for you as a young man? Uh, no, it didn't, uh, actually. Um, I suppose go- going back, I studied I studied business and marketing in, in, in college. I left there and got a job and I went into the insurance world. I followed in my, uh, my father's footsteps. So I come from an insurance family. Lots of us I've dabbled in the insurance world, and I guess I stuck. I stuck at it, and um, so I, I started off in, in in what the what you guys on on the other side of the Atlantic would call property and casualty side of the insurance world, and I I moved into what we would call financial services, so employed with a huge focus on employee benefits. So that's that's everything from healthcare to your pensions, or as you guys call it, four hundred one k. Um, to your your other group benefits and then the other I suppose benefits that are they're not insured they're you know different different benefits by different countries so to give an example of some of that here here in Ireland and in the UK you get tax relief if you want to buy a bicycle so that you can cycle to work so there's there's tax relief on that so again we we, we provide the infrastructure there to help employers give those benefits to employees but again just going back in my career I worked I worked across you know large multinational insurance companies. I gave financial advice to doctors in and out of all the hospitals around Ireland working for the uh, the doctors union here in Ireland, which was the, the Irish medical organization as a financial advisor. Uh, and then I set up my own practice and I went to work with my dad in a family business. And then I set up Epion with my two co-founders back in 
20, just in late 2016. So we onboarded our first client January 2017. Wow. That's a speedy way through my career. Well, it, it sure is. And in the company itself, it, it seems like you guys have grown so fast. I mean, is that right? I, I'd love to hear about some of the things that you've experienced over the last few years. You founded it in late 2016. I know you're, I thought I, I read on the internet that you guys are looking to expand to North America, uh, if you haven't right. already. And then yeah. 2020 was a doozy, and we're still experiencing some of the effects of that. <laughs> we, certainly, we certainly are. We're not out of it yet. But ho- hopefully we hopefully we are hopefully it's coming to an end or it, the there's light at the end of the tunnel as the as the famous saying goes so yeah look we, we we've experienced fantastic growth we've we a great team of people around us you know we built out the platform and we, we we onboarded lots of lots of clients we i suppose we've been very fortunate in the fact that a lot of our clients have referred us to other clients and you know we're different we're you know the the, the hr tech space is quite a crowded space you know, if you look at it globally, there are thousands of players in the space and, and not dissimilar to lots of industries have thousands of players um, in it. I, I suppose we would see ourselves just that little bit different that we are, we're, we're more flexible when it comes to businesses that have a presence outside of their home territory. So, you know, there, if you take the United States, for example, the large incumbent players in our space, they're very focused on the US. So as soon as the company employs handful of people maybe in Singapore or in the UK or somewhere in Europe, it's very difficult for those technology platforms to cater for those employees with regard to lots of things, simple things like the ability to apply for annual leave, where maybe there are public holidays or, you know, there are, you know, different annual leave entitlements or different sick leave entitlements. There's lots of different things that the, that the employers need to factor in when they employ people overseas. And our platform is very flexible from a point of view of giving the employer the ability to configure that themselves. So they don't need to come to us and pay us tens of thousands of dollars to configure the platform by territory. They can actually do it themselves. Of course, we're more than happy to do it for them, but they can actually do it themselves. And that that, that works across all different parts of the platform. So including a big one, which is employee benefits. So again, if you're a, you know, if you're a, if you're a large employer, um, you know, and I suppose my definition as, a, as, as an Irish businessman, my definition of large would be very different to that of an American businessman. Whereas, you know, a large employer in my eyes is somebody with, you know, anywhere between 250 and two and a half thousand employees. If you have employee benefits in different territories, you need to be able to manage them. But not only that, no, you need to be able to report on the usage. You need to be able to report on the cost and you need to be able to have that information at the touch of a button. And again, you know, I suppose that, that that's where we've come from. We're, we've entered in, we've entered into the HR tech space. So we are employee benefit people at heart. That's where we've come from. As, as I said, my background, I'm a qualified financial advisor. I've been specializing in benefits for over 20 years. My co-founder who's based in London, Neil Fallon, um, again, like myself, um, Neil has spent over 25 years in the employee benefit space and is a fully qualified financial advisor. And then our third co-founder is Ernest Legrand, who's based in New York. And Ernest is our technology. He's our technology guy. So he's our he's our CTO. He's the he's the brains behind the behind the tech. And the combination of the three of us, it's, it's quite powerful because, you know, again, in that space, it's massively under catered for. Not every company out there has hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to spend with the likes of Workday or, you know, SAP or Oracle to build a bespoke system that can cater for their needs. And again, you know, that that's that's the space that we're playing in where, you know, we're going after those larger companies. 
and we feel that the offering we have is it's it's compelling to, to to lots of to lots of employers. So yeah, look, we've we we we've had success um in in certain sectors, and and we're hoping to see that go from strength to strength. Um, so we'll see we'll see what the future holds. Well, David, for those tuning in today who aren't extremely familiar with Epion, you know. Who, who is this for? What types of companies in what industries do you best serve? Okay, so I suppose, look, any any business that employs people, and, uh, you know, not not to, we're not trying to say that we're generic, um, that, you know, one shoe fits all. We know it doesn't. We, we know that our platform will not suit certain industries. But, you know, certainly if you're, you know, if, if, you, if you're a technology business, if you're a technology business and you've got people scattered around the world, we... We can meet your needs. We can certainly meet your needs. You can you can plug in your payroll in all those territories. You can you can you can add your benefits to the platform. You can you you can you can configure the different types of leave that people are entitled to. You can keep all and store all the documentation that you need relevant to the business and relevant to the employees themselves. Uh, the employees have have their own individual access to the platform. So it, there's a there's a mobile app for you know for iOS iOS and Android. You know, so again, the platform is highly configurable. So, you know, is there is there any industry that we've seen huge success in? I, I, I suppose office based. We've we've a lot of companies using us that are office based, but then we have a mix of you know we we've done some partnership deals where you know we've got we've got care homes, we've got hospitality, from hotels to restaurants. Uh, I think we've got a movie theater in the UK somewhere that are using the platform as well from a, a rostering perspective. So, you know, scheduling people to come in and out of work. So, you know, we, we do cater for lots, but again, we're not out there saying that one shoe fits all. It doesn't. Well, that makes perfect sense. You know, the great resignation, as they're calling it in in major media, is is something that people are experiencing across a plethora of different industries. Is that something that you find yourselves in the front lines on, you know, partnering with companies through your platform, Epion? Yeah, I mean, look, I suppose the the, the term great resignation, you know, there, there's been there's been a number of studies, you know, one recently here in Ireland by the University of Limerick, uh, where they, they they went out and they surveyed, they surveyed a couple of thousand people and, you know, they they're estimating that, you know, companies could see up to 40% of their of their staff resign. And, you know, I suppose. My my view on that now is is there there's there's always people out there who are on who are unhappy with their with their job, right? And they'll always be unhappy with their job, but they actually they'll never act upon it. They'll they they just get on with it because they, they like to kind of give out about it and say they're not happy, and then they do nothing about it. And then I suppose there's a there's a cohort of people who you know who who will do it and and who will leave, you know. And I don't think you're going to see forty percent of workforces walking out. However, there are lots of industries out there that COVID have, has absolutely annihilated. You know, you take the hospitality and the travel sector, you, you know, these, these industries, which were thriving up until March 2020, all of a sudden found that they were, they, they were closed and empty and there was nobody traveling. There was nobody looking for hotels. There was nobody eating out. There was, you know, there were countries and, and Ireland specifically where I live, um, you know, our, our country shut down for the goods of five months, you know, no, nothing was open. So there was a huge change in those industries where lots of people went, well, you know, I, I used to work, you know, I used to work as a chef. Well, actually the local supermarkets looking for delivery drivers, I go and I'll do that. They go and do that. And then they find actually I'm quite happy doing this because I'm not working on social hours and all that kind of stuff. So, right. you know, yes, you will see change, but I don't think we're going to see the level of, of the, the, the level of resignations 
that the, the media are talking about. You know, the other side of that is I see it as an opportunity. You know, I mean, if, if employers are good employers and they offer good perks, good benefits, you know, and it's not just about salary. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's about career progression. It's about the opportunities that could be presented to employees, the training and the development that could be provided. And that's where, that's where we see good employers. This is actually an opportunity. Most definitely. Most definitely. No, I, I too think that perhaps, you know, th- these headlines that one reads about, for example, two articles published just yesterday, one by CBS titled The Great Resignation, Why More Americans Are Quitting Their Jobs Than Ever Before, another by Inc., Three Reasons Why You Should Take Part in the Great Resignation. You, you know, th- <laughs> those are very uh, powerful and striking headlines for better or for worse. But But regardless yeah. of that, you know, it, it is it is kind of a a multi-layered like issue to tackle, finding good talent and nurturing relationships with that talent and, you know, training those people and putting them in areas of your business where uh, you're able to profit uh, because of them while also providing them with value so they can support themselves and, and their families. What, what are the key sort of areas where Epion could could help an employer with those things? The platform will actually provide, you know, relevant information to the employer, but it'll also provide relevant information to the employee. So, you know, part of the reason why we developed Epion in the first place was all to do with transparency and it was all to do with the, you know, the benefits side of things. So, you know, when, when we were sitting around the table discussing what Epion was going to look like, and we, we didn't know it was going to be called Epion at the time, but we had this vision of building out a platform where, we were going to bring value to the employer and we were going to bring, you know, transparency to the employee, but also visibility to the employer as well, because lots of employers, they didn't know where to find this information or this data. You know, again, giving the employee access to their information in the palm of their hand, it brings greater trust and greater visibility to the employee around, for example, a total reward statement that actually shows them exactly what they're worth to the business. That includes bonuses and benefits and their and their salary, of course. Again, the other side of it, employers spend, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on employee benefits on an annual basis. And they don't make enough noise about it. They don't actually give the employee the ability to visualize the benefits in their in the palm of their hand and actually understand what they're what, what they're about. You know, so our, our platform brings that, as I said, brings visibility and transparency on both sides of the table. So it helps to solidify the relationship. Most definitely. That makes perfect sense. So, you know, would you say, you know, to the the HR leaders and the CEOs tuning into the podcast now that, you know, showing your employees, you know, being transparent with your employees, showing them, you know, how they can uh, do well within the company and what they're worth and so forth, that's really a key to building that trust. It means that there's there's no question marks. There's if, yeah. if the employee needs to see anything, it's in the palm of their hand. They have access to their own records. They've got access to their own data, you know, and, and, and a key key part of any business is decision-making and decision-making right. should be, should be data-driven and without a platform like Epion, it's, you know, and, and not just Epion. I mean, there's lots of platforms out there that do what we do. And, you know, we would say we do it better than the rest, but, you know, we have, we, we have analytics built into our platform. So you don't need to take your data out of our platform to configure it into another analytics platform you can do it right under un, under one login in Epion as an employer so again it can help the employer make key decisions based on real live data 
That's excellent. That's excellent. No, I, I, I'm so excited to hear about that because I think that's such a tool that, you know, business owners tuning in today could benefit from. Well, now I'm, I'm curious to learn more about your business because you got started at the end of 2016 and it sounds like you've gone from strength to strength, you know, 2022, here we are in Q1. What are you looking forward to this year? What are some of your goals? Looking forward to uh, to continuous growth, Noah. Thankfully, we've we, we weathered the storm that was COVID. You know, obviously, we've all been working from home. I suppose we are a, we, we are a kind of a remote workforce anyway. Uh, we've offices in Dublin, we're in London, we're in Manchester, and we're also in Perth in Australia. We've people in those territories working with us. So, you know, I suppose pre-COVID, we were we were remote anyway, but we did have these bases where we used to go and, and kind of hang out. I suppose we call them offices. You know, so we, we we used to we used to go in there and hang out and 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 make things happen. Now it's it's very much it's it's all been done remotely. We still have the offices, but we're we're just not using them as much. Um, and and hopefully that will come back in due course. Um, I suppose what I'm what I'm looking forward to most about 2022 is 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 our expansion plans. You know, we're 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 out looking for more people at the moment. We've got some we've got some good openings coming where we're we're looking to bring in more talent. And uh, yeah, look, North, North America is very much on our radar. Um, we're, 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 hoping to, we're hoping to launch over there in the, in the, in the next couple of months. Oh, excellent. Excellent. That's, that's really exciting. And, you know, is there any, are there any nerves about launching into that new market? Any problems that you've had to navigate? I mean, you're already in Australia and Europe, um, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I've, <laughs> I suppose I've, I've been, I've been, I've been lucky enough. I, I, I would have, I would quite, I've, quite a strong network of of connections in the United States uh, through my employee benefits uh, career to date. I suppose, look, the United States is a huge territory, you know, and, and anyone who goes over and thinks that you just arrive, you land in New York or Chicago, or you go out to the West Coast, down to LA or up to San Francisco, you know, or anywhere in the, in the Midlands, you know, you can't just land somewhere and go, hey, da-da, here we are, and, and, and business takes off. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be one of these things. And, you know, that's a, that's a decision we need to make in the, in, in the next couple of weeks as to where, where we'd actually base ourselves out of in the United States. You know, for example, you know, the home of insurance is in Connecticut. But then again, the home of technology is in San Francisco, but that's changing. You know, right. and then you know we 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 know we know lots of people who are who are operating out of Texas. You know, so these are these are all questions that we're asking ourselves at the moment as to where where do we see ourselves operating from in the United States? You know, obviously Ireland is 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 close to the United States. I mean, it's a you know it's a six and a half seven hour flight, uh, depending on where you're going. Uh, well, obviously it's you know it's kind of 11, 12 hours to the west coast, but you know east coast is is very easy to reach. And yeah, but again, we're we're not naive to think that we're just going to land in the U.S. and and, and that's it. It'll it'll all happen. You know, we're very clued into the fact that you know every state has its every state has its own intricacies around benefits, payroll, and you know employment law. So there's there's lots of things to to factor in factor in and consider. Uh, but we're excited about it. We're very excited about it. And you know, some of our partners over there are very excited about us coming to the United States as well because. You know, again, as I mentioned earlier on at the, the beginning of the conversation, you know, a lot of the a lot of the bigger players uh, that focus in their markets, they're very focused on those markets and those markets only. And again, you take the U.S. that you know a lot of the a lot of the, the 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 market leaders in the United States, they're great at what they do in the U.S. But as soon as you employ people outside the U.S., they can't cater for it. So we're very much we're we're, we're going into the United States with a focus on businesses that employ people locally in the U.S. but also outside of the United States, 
because our platform is different. And when you say employ outside of the United States, is there certain geographical locations that are most common or could it be anywhere? Could it be in Europe even? It could, it could be anywhere. You know, I use LinkedIn a lot. You know, I go into LinkedIn Sales Navigator and I plug in all the criteria that I want to see stats on. And, you know, some of the so, some of the information that comes out of it is it's, it's mind blowing. But, you know, I went in recently and looked to see, you know, how many how many startups that are how many how many startups that employ more than 50 people and less than 200 people employ uh, more than one person in two other territories other than the United States. Yeah. And that, that, that figure that came back, and the, again, these are startups. <laughs> the figure that came back was over 863. Oh. So in the United States, out of the United States, there are companies in that, in that range of 50 to 200 that employ more than, in, sorry, they employ in more than two territories outside the United States. So, you know, that could be that could be the UK, it could be Ireland. I mean, there's a there's a huge American influence in the Irish economy. I mean, we we have, you know, we have thousands of, of, of American businesses operating out of the island of Ireland, you know, and that's that that's been that's been going on for decades, which is which is phenomenal and long may it last. American businesses are all over the world. You know, you go to Singapore, you go to Australia, you go to, you know, you go to the Middle East, they're you know, they're they're everywhere. So that's the that's the opportunity we see, and that's the that's the market we're going after. In addition to you know, when when whenever you expand to a new territory like that, especially the United States, you know, of course, there's all sorts of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not judicial, but you know, di- different legal things. There's just different you know government frameworks and so forth that one must navigate. Yeah. H- have you encountered any like cultural um, things you've had to navigate? Differences in how people you know view employee benefits in in Ireland as opposed to the United States, or do you think really it's kind of a global consensus? Look, I mean, d- d- employee benefits are different everywhere you go. You know, if if you look at some of the countries in around Europe, I mean, if you look at Germany and Switzerland, places like that, you know, they they have a lot of they have a lot of government led mandatory benefits that employers must provide, and the government provides some benefits as well. Whereas, you know, you, you, you go to the United States or you look at Ireland, you know, benefits are provided by employers because there are very little benefits provided by the government. You know, I suppose, that, you know, the employers themselves, you know, in the United States, benefits would be much more advanced than they would be in Ireland or the UK or Europe. And, and, and I think that's, that's why Ireland, uh, that's why the benefits landscape in Ireland has taken off so much. It's because of the influence of the American businesses coming in here. You know whether it's Hewlett Packard or Apple or IBM or Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, and all all the social media giants are here. You know, and they provide uh, Rolls Royce benefits. They provide state of the art benefit infrastructure to their staff. And local employers need to uh, need, need to need need to take heed of that's competition. You know, so if you're looking for people in that space, you're going to have to compete with those guys. So benefits are very different in different parts of the world, uh, without a shadow of doubt. You know, I mean, going back on, you know, legal frameworks and stuff like that, you know, we, we're, we're about to, you know, we're, we're about, to, as I said, to make that decision as to where will, where will we base ourselves in the United States and we will incorporate in the United States. So, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to just arrive on the shores of the United States and try and sell out of Ireland without uh, an incorporation in the United States that will give us a vehicle to trade and to trade properly in the United States. Because again, we understand that there's, there's different taxes state by state, there's sales tax, there's all sorts of compliance that we have to adhere to to make sure that we can be successful. 
No, that that makes perfect sense. That's really insightful, David. Well, there's a lot of leaders tuning in today, you know, from across many different industries. And, you know, when you when you first partner with a a new company who, you know, is is gung-ho to use your platform, you know, regarding HR and around their their teams and their peoples, what are some of the most common, you know, questions that they have, the most common, the, the, the most pressing issues that, that you think maybe if we spoke to on the podcast that could give uh, some solace to some of our leaders listening in? I, I think one of the one one of the biggest one one of the biggest questions uh, we always get from from employers that are coming on board is the ability for us to help them with their data, because a lot of employers really struggle with the ability to get the data that they need to implement a platform. And you know, there people would make the assumption that these big employers have these state of the art platforms in in place already. A, a lot of them don't. A lot of them are using very outdated, antiquated platforms, but getting data out of them is quite difficult. So a, a lot of employers come to us, and one of the first questions is, is you know, where do we get our data? You know, and we obviously help guide them and navigate, you know, with them to get that data. And then we help them get that data in order so that it can actually be used properly and put into the platform for them to use properly to build on that. But you know, not only that, you give the employer the ability to launch the platform. And then you allow the employees update their data. So if the employer doesn't have up-to-date home addresses, for example, they can just roll out the platform and ask every employee to update their home address. It's simple. They can do it on their mobile phone. So, you know, simple things like that. But, you know, look, we, 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 get, asked, we get asked lots of different questions. You know, we would see ourselves very much as we, 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 like, to, we like to hold the hand of the employer to, to make sure that they, that they get value out of launching our platform in their business. And, you know, we work with them to do that. So, you know, we're not in a hurry. We, we are very hands-on. Um, you know, again, we, we've had employers who they've come on board and they've managed to, to navigate the platform themselves and upload their data and launch the platform and do everything themselves. And then we've had employers who've come along and said, we don't know where to start. And we, we, we roll up our sleeves and get stuck in. That's great. That's great, David. Well, David, I've so enjoyed our conversation today. I've learned a lot. And I thank you so much for sharing your valuable insights with our listeners. And again, I'll just point them to your company, Epion, epion.com. If people are interested in learning more, is the website the best place to find that information? Yeah, they can, yeah, they can, they can, they can check out epion.com. It's E-P-P-I-O-N-E.com. Or I am, I'm on LinkedIn. I love a chat. So if anybody wants to reach out and say hello, they can find me on LinkedIn and it's it's David Kindlin, K-I-N-D-L-O-N. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, David. It's been a pleasure having you on Leaders of B2B. Thank you, Noah. Much appreciated. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.